You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones, and joining us is Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for calling a little early. We are having a little bit of a, a trouble with Josh out there on the water, and... Uh, one of the things I want to ask you real quick, we've had, by the way, we've had some people that knew you were coming on want to know about Bodecker and Douglas in addition to the other lakes we're going to cover. But have you ever done any catfishing in the Cherry Creek area? You know, I have done a little bit at Cherry Creek, and if I was going to be catfishing at Cherry Creek, I would kind of focus in either on that um, the fishing pier or little peninsula over by the marina area. You can kind of walk out there and uh, get out a little bit further, but there's some good kind of flats out there that hold a lot of catfish. And then the area from the uh, east boat ramp up to about the swim beach area. If you're fishing from shore, those are the areas I'd concentrate on. And time of day and baits you used? You know, I typically fish, you know, that last little bit of light about that 8 o'clock time on till about midnight or so. And I've had the best luck with some sort of cut bait, whether that's a shad or even a frozen sucker that you can get at a lot of the bait stores. Um, Night crawlers have worked good out there. And then... My dad grew up loving to catfish back in Iowa, and he has a variety of the uh, um, the stink bait type stuff. And, and I've caught fish on that. So I usually like to have two, you know, if I've got two rods out or if you have more people, try several different varieties, figure out what's going to produce bites the best. But um, you, typically you could go with just some sort of cut bait and go with night crawlers and you should be able to catch some catfish there at Cherry Creek. All right. Uh, Bodecker and Douglas, I don't know if they were going to be on our list to talk about, but since that's what people want to hear, what are you hearing and seeing at those lakes? Um, So Douglas is fishing fairly decent. Uh, They have stocked it with trout, so there are a lot of trout being caught out there. The walleyes or, or sauger up there, there are still some walleyes, but most of them are sauger. They're still up relatively shallow, uh, up along whatever cover you can find and along the dam area. Um, panfish, there's a good population of panfish, and they're both perch and bluegill. Uh, look for the weed edges, and the bluegills are going to be, there's a, a flat right out in front of the outlet or a little point there, and that usually always has good numbers of panfish right there. Um, Bodecker. The crappies have moved off from spawning, so you're either going to find them on the deep edges of the trees or this time of year a lot of the crappies and and, uh, white bass will suspend together. And so the best way to typically get those is going to be some sort of trolling. So if you can get out from shore and, you know, put some planer boards out just to spread your lures out a little bit more, I usually like to be about 8 to 10 feet down in that lake. They, they suspend a little bit off the bottom, and I kind of go from the main point on the west side there and head straight towards the dam. If you're looking for walleyes, fish that south shoreline. There's a line of houses there and an island, 
and that area is usually where I'm going to do best for the walleyes. The walleyes are a little bit on the small side in that lake, but you can get into some pretty good action just pulling live bait, whether it's kind of a, a slow death type hook or a bottom bouncer and, and spinner type setup. And you can do good in both those. Um, be aware there is a new gate at Bodecker and that it's an electric gate entrance. It's only open a half hour before sunrise to sunset as far as getting into the parking lot. But once you're there, it's got a pressure sensor so you can leave at any time. But don't try to get there, you know, a half hour after sunset and think you're going to be able to get out there and fish. All right. Uh, We know we're going to talk about a bunch of lakes, and most of them are in pretty good shape and full with water because of the summer, spring, winter we've had. Uh, what about some of those smaller lakes and ponds like Bodecker and Douglas and Juan Hagler? Are you starting to see those fill with water at all? Yeah, um, Bodecker and Douglas are both good water level. I have not been by Lawn Hagler recently, but I would guess that it should be at capacity as well. Just we've had so much water that every lake has filled up and, and they're letting plenty of water go out, you know, to Nebraska. Uh, one thing that a lot of the water has done is it has caused some issues. And for those people thinking about going out to Sterling, the south boat ramp has been closed because the road going to the south boat ramp is flooded. And so they are not going to reopen that until it dries and they can inspect the road and see how it is. So you can still launch a boat at the Elks boat ramp, but you can't at the south boat ramp. So it's going to be fairly crowded on weekends. If you're thinking about going out there, make sure to get there real early. I would say 8 o'clock at the latest to make sure that you're going to be able to get on the lake. You know, same thing at Cherry Creek with the east boat ramp there is closed, and so is the road going around the back of the lake. Yep. And so, um, you know, if you're going to go to a lake you're not familiar with, check the CPW website for any information. Or a lot of times these state parks have Facebook pages And the Facebook pages are updated a lot sooner than the CPW website is. So spending five, ten minutes doing a little bit of research just to make sure everything's good will help you out. On the flip side, if you want to go down to John Martin, the added water has opened the west boat ramp there. So that's a a benefit. I know a lot of people like fishing that west side and being able to launch there. You don't have as big of a run. So just take a little time you know, five, 10 minutes before your trip and, and make sure that, uh, uh, what the conditions are on the various lake you're going to be going to. Speaking of conditions, why don't you take us through some of these Northern lakes? Okay. So let's start out on the far Northeast end. Um, all the lakes are pretty well full. Um, they're getting water if they need it. I know there's water going into jumbo. There's water going into Pruitt. Sterling is full. Jackson is full. Um, But as far as the fishing goes, still not getting much reports from Jumbo after the real low water last year. Jackson has been fairly slow with some larger wipers being caught, but it's, it's very few. You know, four to eight is considered a really good day there right now. If I was going to go out there, I would target Pruitt and Sterling. Both of them are starting to see some smaller walleyes being caught, um, you know, 16 inches and less. But um, 
you can get on some decent numbers, Pruitt, I would focus kind of the inlet area in the trees or along the dam. Uh, Sterling, kind of work your way back in the coves, and you'll start to mark the fish as you go in. Uh, Sterling has had a real good crappie bite this spring. So um, if I was going to pick one on that I-76 corridor, it would definitely be Sterling is probably where I would go. And just go there with the attitude of being very diverse, of willing to go catch walleye, crappie, drum. And then I did hear of a guy two weeks ago getting into some good catfish out there, um, just pulling nightcrawler harnesses like you'd be fishing for walleyes, but they got into some really good catfish. Yeah, Sterling has always had a good population of catfish. What about Horsetooth, Boyd? Have you heard much about those? Yep, along the North Front Range uh, this past week, I hit Carter, Horsetooth, and Boyd. Um, Horsetooth has topped off. They aren't filling anymore, so the water level is stabilizing. The smallmouth are really good if you want to catch numbers 10 feet or less. Lots of fish up there. You can catch them using top water. I know guys are catching them on flies, uh, Ned rigs. Uh, drop shots, any of your classic presentations is catching numbers of fish. I found if you wanted to catch some bigger fish, you need to move out a little deeper. I caught most of my big fish in 20 to 30 feet of water. So if you want to, you're going to reduce your bites by quite a few, but if you want to drop off to that little bit deeper area, you're going to get a little bit better quality fish. There are some walleyes. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, one of the, one of my favorite baits, you know, you talked about the drop shot, the Ned rigs, and I use all of those. Um, but what's been overlooked the last few years is a uh, about a two-and-a-half to three-inch tube on a jig head, um, especially with the jig head put inside the tube so that you get a spiral action. That used to be the go-to bait out at Horsetooth, and I think the fish got conditioned to it. But everybody's been using everything else, and don't be afraid to throw those tubes. They're working again. Yeah, those tubes can be phenomenal. And play around a lot with the weight of your jig head in those tubes. Really light, and it's going to spiral a lot more. But a lot of the guys out in the Great Lakes have gone to really heavy tube jig heads. And if you're in an area that's a little bit more gravelly or or smaller rocks, not the real snaggy stuff, that heavier jig head where you can just drag it along the bottom gives a real good imitation of a crawfish and a lot of the smallmouth i was catching were having mud in the mouth and you know you would see crawfish antennas and stuff coming out of them so that kind of keys you in that those fish are really working uh over those crawfish so anything that's going to intimidate the imitate those are going to get you a lot of bites um are you were you can all yeah, and you were go ahead and also there right now, the walleyes are doing fairly well. If you want to pull uh, bottom bouncers and spinners out in that 20 to 30 feet of water, um, the bait is just starting to get out of the coves. So those the in the mouth of the cove, the first point inside, and then the area just outside those coves would be the areas that I would focus on for the walleyes. Give it another three, four weeks. And those schools of bait are going to be out suspended, and that 
suspended by trolling for them is really going to turn on for the walleyes there at Horsetooth. All right. What about Boyd? So Boyd right now is the the lake is as full as it can possibly get. A lot of cover has been flooded, but that has made the bass fishing very challenging. Um, the bass are really spread out. So if you want to chase bass, I'll be honest, I would tell you to go to Horsetooth or go to Carter right now. But if you're going to go to Boyd, use some sort of a horizontal presentation and cover a lot of water because those fish are spread out and they're really moving right now. On the flip side, the walleye bite is really starting to turn on for numbers. A lot of those 12 to 14 inches, those fish that were stocked in 2021, but people are getting some keepers mixed in there. Um, pulling, it's a live bait bite, pulling bottom bouncers and spinners, find those weed edges and, and work those. If, if you start getting hung up and you don't feel real comfortable holding those tight patterns, go out to about that 16 foot depth also has fish, not quite as many, but you are catching fish out there and it's not uncommon to get uh, 20 plus fish days right now or, or mornings or afternoons. Um, the white bass are still getting caught on occasion with spinners. They haven't yet started schooling up uh, for the shad, but I would expect that to be happening in the next week or two, as soon as we get some real warm weather, um, I would expect to start seeing some of those morning boils going uh, right there. If you're wanting to fish something like a white bass, we can move down to Union, and Union has both walleyes and wipers going really good. Uh, the wipers there are a lot bigger. Um, you've got a lot of fish over that 15-inch size limit in Union, and pulling bottom bouncers and, and spinners, at a little bit quicker pace, up in that 1-2 to 1-4 range seems to be the best to catch both walleyes and the wipers. And pulling crankbaits at 2 miles an hour plus is producing wipers with an occasional walleye down that way. How about you, you started to talk a little bit about Carter. Let's finish up with that. Yep. So Carter um, went up there. Water temperature was about actually four degrees cooler than Horsetooth was. The, the largemouth bite is doing really good up there. A lot of people don't even think about Carter for largemouth. Um, there are a lot of good, solid, those 12-and-a-half, 13-inch largemouth up to about 15, 16 with an occasional fish, maybe up to 18 inches. The best thing to do, the lake is is rising again. They've got a couple more feet to reach full capacity. So those fish are pushing up to the shorelines. Any cover you can find along the shoreline, fishing something like a, a Ned rig, you know, the tube jig like you mentioned earlier, or a wacky rig stick worm. Um, all those are producing fish. Just work the cover along the shoreline. And if you get it close, those fish are very aggressive right now. Uh, one thing that we're noticing is a lot of those fish up along the shoreline, the minute they hit, they start swimming right to the boat. And so you're, you have to reel in a lot of line real quick to be able to get a good hook set on them. But um, that's, that's doing really good. The walleyes are just starting to show up in that, you know, kind of that 15 to 20-foot range. Um, we saw some, but we were out there on Wednesday before all the big storms. We're rolling in, and 
We started marking them about midday in the morning. You didn't mark any. Midday, we started marking them. Tried fishing for them for about 45 minutes, caught a trout, missed a couple other little bites, and then decided that um, it didn't sound like a good option to stick around and and, uh, get hailed on, so we bailed on the lake at that point in time. All right, my friend, we are out of time. If people want to book a trip with you or want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or give me a call or shoot me a text at 303-829-3998. All right, my friend, you and I have to get on the water very soon, too. Absolutely, Terry. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Brad. We'll talk to you again very soon. So Brad Peterson, always a great resource. Speaking of great resources, we're going to take a time out, and we're going to come back, and we're going to go to talk to J.R. out of Colorado Clays. He's got a lot of good things to say, but he's had some challenges this week, too. All that and more coming up on Terry Wisham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.